2: Hi, friends! Feels weird saying hi, friends, so excitedly. Um, but Merry Christmas, everyone. A bit of a downer to the end of Christmas if you're a 49ers fan. Unfortunately for 49ers fans, the 49ers just got humiliated. I, I feel like that's the only way to kind of address that type of loss. For a little while, it felt like it was competitive. I There was a second there where Brock Purdy had thrown um, three interceptions and the defense had only allowed eight points off of them, and you kind of thought, okay, maybe they'll turn this around. Um, My immediate takeaway is just that the offense never, ever settled in. Brock Purdy looked extremely rattled all game. I felt like Kyle Shanahan's game plan was a little bit off, and... He definitely was not the best coach on the field. Brock Purdy was definitely not the MVP that he has been in previous games. It was just um, pretty much a, a bit of a disappointment, in my opinion. Coming into this game, I didn't expect a, a blowout win on either side. But if I did, I feel like we've just been accustomed to seeing the 49ers blowout team. So you would have assumed it would have been them. Uh, I think that this, it's safe to say that the AFC is just a much better conference than the NFC right now. I will say, you know, for positivity, watching all the other games this weekend, I still think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. But yeah, this doesn't give me any hope for the Super Bowl or if they're even going to get to a Super Bowl. Just watching how I think the two most important people on the 49ers played, which would be Kyle Shanahan. and and Brock Purdy. Chris McCaffrey played played great, but what was your immediate takeaways? Um, also really quick, I just wanna say anyone in the chat, I know that the press conferences are going on right now. So if we get any updates to Trent Williams, Brock Purdy, I know towards the end of the game was cleared, but it did look like he hit his head. Um, Jalen Moore was talking out. So just if there's any major in- injury updates, put it in the comments and I'll make sure to read it. But yeah. Rohan how was your what was your takeaway how's your Christmas football night been? not not christmas but how was the game for you what were your yeah? this
1: for? one obviously is not a not a great win or not a not a great game for the 49ers i mean you talk about this game you can break it down in two different ways you you can point to offense defense you can point to the turnovers you can point to first half second half i don't think the 49ers really win in any aspect if you if you look at it San Francisco struggled really um, to start the game. I mean, they operated in a different pretense, uh, more of a pass-first philosophy overall. And it seemed like both teams kind of looked to do that. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens also passed a good amount in that first half. And I didn't hate the philosophy. I thought Christian McCaffrey. I mean, obviously, if you have him, you probably prefer to run the ball more. But when you look at the way the 49ers didn't have offensive success, the first pick, that's on Brock Purdy threw the ball a little late on the crosser Debo Samuel makes sense it was his third read but that's a ball he probably wants back and a ball that cost the 49ers at least three points in the red zone where you usually get seven 49ers came into this game 10 for 10 in their last 10 opportunities in the red zone 13 for their last 14 they went up against the number one red zone team and the defense prevailed um uh, for Baltimore uh really when you look at the red zone numbers, the 49ers weren't great. And one of them was just outside the red zone, their first field goal. It was at the 25-yard line. But still, Baltimore was able to shut down San Francisco whenever they got really close until the game got out of hand. And so the way that I look at it, that first pick, that's on Purdy. The second pick, bad luck. I I don't know if you can attribute it to more. The way that Baltimore ran that one, uh, I mean, you obviously have the cornerback the crashing in. He obviously gets a deflection, and you needed Marlon Humphrey to have a cornerback blitz on the blind side in order for that play to work, and that's exactly what happened, and uh, and he was doing that on a completely different pretense. It's just he was in the right place at the right time. The third interception, um, a ball I think that was 50-50. Um, I mean, that that's a ball. It's on third down. I don't think you should throw that crossbody with Brock, uh, as if you're Brock Purdy, but another ball that's kind of just tipped go up in the air.
2: Do you remember huh? him a couple of games? Do you remember him a couple of games ago going to the press conference and promising to never throw that ball again? Yeah, like yeah. You and I had a post game, or not a post game, but a show, and I was like, "He's gonna throw that again because he thinks he yeah. can make them." and, and he did,
1: and it game. ended up being a pick. That
2: time it worked out for him, but yeah, this time it did not.
1: Yeah, it's that's the danger throwing cross body with the arm strength that Brock has. Um, you know, it's the it's a little dangerous of a pass. And I don't know if he thought, you know, there was a penalty flag on that one. I don't know if he thought it was a free play and he's kind of just giving a 50-50 ball to Kittle. Not a great pass there. Um, and that one ended up being the third pick. The fourth one was just ugly. It's just out in front. And but that one was in the second half. Overall, this game, San Francisco offensively could never get a rhythm. Tried to throw the ball, and then, you know, in the second half when it's too late, really still couldn't get a rhythm until Sam Darnold kind of came in at the very end. And then defensively, first half, I thought they played pretty darn well. I mean, there were a couple of mishaps, the 31-yard run for Lamar Jackson among them. There were a couple of mishaps, but ultimately, you forced three field goals in the red zone. That's pretty tough to do, and they ended up, you know, they turned the ball over three times. Defense had poor field position, and it was, like uh, you mentioned post or prior to the show, they only got eight points out of those three possessions. It was 16-12 to 12 coming into the half, and the 49ers had the ball to start the second half. And then the collapse continued ugly one here like you pointed out it's a humiliating defeat but one I think the Niners can kind of flush away uh and move forward I I don't disagree I think they're still the best team in the NFC and I mean if you look at it a couple of teams in the NFC right now are really struggling not really struggling but not doing as dominant as you'd want them to be Billy just you know they 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 were in a one possession game with New York um just earlier today New York yeah, has not been that good overall it looked
0: like they
2: were about to- <laughs> exactly
1: and dallas i mean they lost a minute uh they lost to miami just lost buffalo um you know they they've also been struggling so the nfc right now looking kind of weak overall but a lot of questions coming out of this one
2: i completely agree so i wanted to ask you when you looked at this loss did you think that it was all on party or do you think that it was. Did you did you have see problems with Kyle Shanahan's game plan um, later on in the game? There was a lot of missed tackle issues. I saw you tweeting about that. Kyle Posey has been c- consistently keeping a tally. I think it was against. It was the last game that they had. They've had like 17, 15, and 12 missed tackles, and I don't. I didn't have to see him write down the stat for this one but I know in the latter half there was a lot of them now I do really want to say because I I even tweeted about this I think that people I do not like my dad and I were kind of arguing about this during the game he was saying you know what is this defense doing and I kind of was like I don't think we should bring up the defense that much when we're talking about this loss because I think they held the Ravens to a really low score considering that the 49ers threw five interceptions like that could have been so many more points and it really only got out of hand I feel like in the second half when the 49ers just came out completely flat like I was still I, I don't know about you but in that third quarter I mean heck when Sam Donald when they scored one touchdown like there was Consistently throughout the game, I thought the 49ers might be able to come back. And that was something that would not have been possible if right out the gate they would have been down more than 21 points, which is what they would have been down if the 49ers let up touchdowns on all the opportunities they had in that first um quarter. So I I don't know. I don't blame the, the defense too much. I do know Jair Brown had some missed tackles. Fred Warner really struggled a little bit. Um, I know Levin Black from Is it Niners Nation or the show that he does with Rob? He kind of tweeted out that he was upset that Fred Warner was laughing and giggling after a missed tackle that he had. That was towards the end of the game. I I don't know. I didn't see a huge problem with it. I didn't see it as them not living up to their standard. I really felt like the defense gave it their all, and it wasn't until the game had really gotten away with them and there was more than four interceptions thrown that it felt like the defense— maybe was something that you could have brought up as an issue um so definitely a total team failure but for me it was mostly on the offense and honestly mostly on brock purdy there there was multiple times in this game where i especially in the beginning where i was thinking that the 49ers were out playing the ravens that first drive the ravens go three and out then the 49ers m- methodically walk down the field they're making you know catch it They're they were every time Brock Purdy threw an interception. It felt like for like four to five plays before that, they were like doing great. George Kittle was getting the ball, um, at a high volume, which I wasn't expecting. But no, I thought I, I I I keep bringing up what I almost tweeted. But I feel like in the in the moment, I'm so um, I like live and die with each pass. So I remember being like thinking and almost tweeting like the 49ers are out of the Ravens' league. Like they're not. Like they're they look like they're totally going to outclass them. And then it felt like every time I had that thought, Brock Purdy would throw an interception. And I was like, dude, can you stop? Because if you just weren't giving away the ball, the 49ers would be winning by like 20 points. Um, I guess as a Ravens fan, you could say, well, if we were capitalizing on all your interceptions, we'd be, you know, I guess that could go either way. But yeah. The question is, do you think that this part, this loss was all on Brock Purdy? I feel like over the, the course of the week, people are going to really be discussing him since this was an opportunity for him to kind of cement that MVP conversation. And much like Dak Prescott, he should have be bet on that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one way to put it. Um, I, I usually refrain kind of from putting the loss all on one person. I don't think that that's ever the case. Um but if you're talking about, you know, the top of the ladder, I'm not, I am not. I don't like using the word blame as much, but you're going to say it. This one is primarily on Brock Purdy because there's not a chance that any team wins a game when you throw four interceptions. I broke them down. I don't think all four are his fault. I think two and a half kind of are his fault. Um, but regardless, this, you can't have those mistakes, especially in the cases that where you had them. 49ers throw the first pick in the red zone. Ultimate uh, a, a momentum killer right there that guy takes away a scoring opportunity that you had um you know at least to score three points you didn't should have probably scored seven you didn't then you know the the, the picks overall they they stop your momentum offensively. You can't really get anything going, and then you're at a point in your game script where you're down and you can't run the football like you usually do. And so I think that's the case. But like I said earlier, I, I do have issues with Kyle Shanahan in this game. I thought that there were certain uh, certain issues with Kyle Shanahan um, it, with his play calling. I think you do want to run the ball a little more early. I don't like I said earlier. I don't think that him choosing to throw the ball as much as he did is the reason why the 49ers struggled offensively. I think that there were.
2: working aside from the passes that. Like,
1: exactly.
2: Exactly. Like,
1: but you It wasn't do,
2: like they weren't like getting, like they were like getting down the field. The first interception was, was like basically at the touch. Like it should have been a touchdown.
1: Exactly. But you, you do want to, you know, you still want to incorporate McCaffrey in the way that you can try and try and force this Raiders. Def- oh, sorry. Ravens, not Raiders defensive line to kind of, um, probably not tee off as much as they did in this game but overall i think that there's a lot a lot of blame to go around like i said kasha and han were a couple of them i thought there were a few questionable decisions and for a coach when you have a few questionable decisions that piles up a lot during the course of a game um offensive line i thought was pretty bad i mean there's no way putting around it. it they were pretty darn bad and it makes sense given the personnel especially at the end that they had out there colton mckivitz was awful he was terrible i mean he he's He's been pretty bad all year, but he was awful in this one. Jalen Moore came in. He gave up a sack. I mean, the offensive line as a whole at the end was just battered and beaten down. It's tough to win games when you're trying to drop back as much as you can, and you can't throw the ball because, obviously, of the pressure that you're facing. Purdy clearly was flustered by the pressure um, You know, on one of his near picks, he has, a, he has a free rusher coming at him, and he rushed the throw and He almost ended up with another interception. I think the 49ers could have had potentially like eight interceptions in this one. Yeah, I, I think that it, it was Indeed. like that. Right you know. before
2: that fourth one he threw, he almost threw one in your yeah, like,
1: Yeah, exactly. And so this one was an ugly one. Defensively, the reason I'm not going to put blame much on the defense is because the 49ers' defense kept them in the game in the first half. They do not, they're not close without that defensive performance in the first half. In the second half, very clear. They were very tired in the second half. They were gassed. They did not have as much energy. Ravens had whatever they wanted in the second half. But in my opinion, the offense is the reason they lost this game. You you can't have that performance on offense and expect your defense to pick you up for the whole game, especially not in this type of environment. At the beginning of the season and even periodically throughout the year, what I've said about the 49ers and what I've said about their offense is, or sorry, what I've said about their team and their Super Bowl hopes is, right now, uh, I don't expect the 49ers to win a Super Bowl. I've said that throughout the year. And the reasoning that I had behind it was the quarterback play, but more importantly, how does this team, you know, respond when they're down? When they're down and they need, you know, to pick up some momentum. So far in the close games that we've seen like that, where it's truly coming down to the wire and you kind of need some performance in the second half. You don't really, you haven't really seen the 49ers respond like that before. They're usually up. And I'm not gonna fault them for usually being up, but in games like this and a games like the ones that you lost, you do want some better response, especially when you know this is the type of caliber of a team that you're going to play when it comes to the playoffs. And so right now, confidence is a little wavered, but is it that much wavered? Not necessarily. I, I think that this is, you know, this is this one game, you flush it down. I think they're still, like you, we said earlier, favorites in the NFC. They're home for the entirety of the, uh, of your playoff stretch if you can win out or if you get some help from another team. I think that there's a lot that could still go the 49ers way. And so we'll see. And potentially this could be the playoff matchup that you see in the Super Bowl.
2: I agree. I did, and the announcers even said it on TV, zero, which is a crazy stat, zero, in 37, when the 49ers are down by eight points. Yeah. I know that you showed your head, but to me that's crazy because um when they were down in the second coming coming out of the the first half, I I really did feel like they could have worked their way back up. And I feel like a lot of teams, even in the fourth fourth half, when they were down by I think two more a little more than two touchdowns, I think fifteen or sixteen points. I still felt like there's been plenty of teams that have came back from that, but we've just never seen this 49ers team do that. And this is, it sucks because it feels like we know how the 49ers win. And it's, I think everyone assumed that you would have to be able to play a game like this and win a game where you're down in order to win the Super Bowl. So it does kind of bring up those same doubts that we've had all season, which is when this team is playing its type of game and when it's explosive, it looks like the best team in the NFL. But, um, but sorry, I got distracted because my sister and her boyfriend are over there. Um, but, yeah, I, I was just disappointed that I felt like Right. When I thought that maybe other teams would have came back from a deficit. I have zero faith in the 49ers offense to be able to do that. Even what was it? They they were down with like six six or, or eight minutes left. And they were like in they weren't going tempo. They were like slowly methodically trying to drive down the field. And you're like, you need like three touchdowns, dude. Let's get to it. Why like why do you think that they why do you think that Kyle Shanahan kind of um doesn't
1: have that extra gear. Now, the 0 and 37 stat, I think that's the most cherry pick stat. Like personally, I don't care at all about the 0 and 37 stat just because if you look at any coach really throughout the league, a majority a majority of these coaches that's going to be the case. They're not they, you, when you're down 8 points, you're not going to win games usually entering the fourth quarter. Now, the fact that there are zero wins could be a little concerning. That's not the issue that I usually care about. But if you're talking about, you know, in this, specific, uh, in this specific game, yeah, there were opportunities to win. And this goes back to my point. Right now, and really uh, since the beginning of the season, like I said, I don't have confidence that the 49ers can pull out of uh, like a come from behind victory or a close game victory or one that kind of is a gutsy kind of victory, right? When you look at all of their victories, they're by a wide margin. Again, I'm not going to fault them for winning by 20 points. That's not the case. But when it comes down to a game like this, the reason it comes down to a game like this is usually you're facing tougher competition, competition that you're usually to see in the playoffs, which is why in the regular season, there are certain games I pinpointed as to these are the games where I want to see how they can respond. The Baltimore Ravens game, especially down the line was the number one game that, you know, that, that matched that criteria and the 49ers. Once again, were not able to rise to the challenge and, kind of fight through and kind of come from behind and kind of win this one
2: so i want to kind of transition this into now i don't know if this is like a controversy um start you know like I, i'm not trying to like stir the pot but it is something that i general generally was questioning and they were questioning it on the broadcast too so i don't feel like i'm just like unnecessarily bringing up stuff but basically prior to being prior to kind of uh you ended up saying that they called it a stinger, but it looked like he banged his head on the turf, Brock Purdy, in that fourth quarter. Prior to that, um, Trent Williams has had been out. Then Jalen Moore went in for Trent w- Williams, and then he was out. The O line was clearly having problems. The 49ers were losing by more than three touchdowns. And my initial reaction was they should take Brock Purdy out of the game. Why is he in the game? And when he did get injured and, and bang his head, I was kind of, you know, I think maybe like some fans was like, Kyle, why didn't you take him out? Why was, why did he have the opportunity to get hurt right there? He should have already been out of the game. But then, because I like to talk out of both sides of my, my mouth, um, then once he was taken out and.
0: uh, What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket
2: Sam Darnold looked good and they ended up scoring a touchdown. And there was an opportunity where people where the broadcasters weren't sure when the 49ers got the ball back. Were, was, Ky- was um Kyle gonna hold Brock Purdy out, or was he gonna keep um Sam Darnold in the game or let Brock Purdy have the opportunity to go back down? Because by then they were only down by about two touchdowns, right? So they technically could have came back. I think they only had four minutes, but they had their timeouts left. And once again, we don't, we're not accustomed to seeing the 49ers, um, overcome deficits like that in such amount of time. But if that was like the chiefs, there would have been no question that Patrick Holmes is in the game and that they have confidence that they can get two touchdowns like that. Right. So my, so when Kyle Shanahan did choose to kind of stick with Sam Darnold, Was that, in your opinion, him benching Rob Purdy and saying Sam Darnold has the best opportunity to bring us back and potentially win this game? Or was that Kyle Shanahan saying this game is over with? I'm protecting my potential franchise quarterback and we're just going to we're kind of throwing in the towel and just trying to get out of this game without injuring anyone else.
1: No, this is not at all at all an indictment on Brock Purdy and I actually disagree I think if Patrick Mahomes was in this situation and Andy Reid was the coach you pull him too they should have pulled Brock Purdy before that drive
0: I think they should have down
1: three the, the main reason down three touchdowns with nine minutes left that you pull your quarterback and wave the white flag there is because your starting left tackle is injured and your offensive line was horrible they were horrible at down the stretch. The re- Brock Purdy is getting pressured a lot. And that's the reason a good portion of this offense success is there. It's also a good portion of the reason why he was shaky. It's, you know, he, he- it w- he was struggling to keep up with the pressure that Baltimore brings, specifically when they brought four pass rushers. What Baltimore does really darn well is they'll drop seven or eight players into coverage, make it really hard for you to fight between their zones, and then they'll only rush four, but they'll have success rushing four. And they had a ton of success against Colt McKevitt, even against Shalen Moore when he was in the game. Whoever it was, especially at the end, they had a ton of success. Up until that final, Sam Darnold sack, I think they should have pulled him before. Kyle Shanahan confirmed it was a stinger, uh, and they don't believe it'll be serious, doesn't think it'll linger. Um, The reason that I think uh, they brought up the stinger on broadcast is because he suffered the same injury last week when he missed a few plays against the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think this was at all to do with the injury or even to do with benching Brock Purdy. It was purely the situation because you're down a lot, especially at that point, it was well within nine minutes. You're down a lot of, uh, you know, you're down 21 points. Your offensive line is even more banked up. And um, at that point, I think left tackle was Colton McKibbin's right tackle was Spencer Burford. That is not something you want to see in the middle of a game where you have to make such a shift. I think this was 100% the right move. He probably should have made it at the beginning of that drive, you know, not even risk Brock Purdy getting injured. Sure. Sam Darnold had, you know, a drive or two uh, that were pretty solid up until the interception. That's fine. But uh, I think that this was, this is just a nothing burger. I don't think there's much of a storyline here. And I think Brock Purdy is very clearly the guy going next. I, okay. I agree.
2: I think i want to i'm this well i'm I'm gonna transition but i just want to give you one last hypothetical because if sam donald ended up looking so bad he threw an interception of his own and he's just a bad quarterback so i feel like there's no controversy because of that but if sam donald would have brought them back which he had the opportunity to do they did score one touchdown and, like, it looked like they were about to score another one before he threw that interception. Like, once again, both quarterbacks throwing interceptions in the red zone. Um, <laughs> um, I think that that could have made things potentially interesting. I think Brad Purdy would have started next game. But I think if he continued to, you know, because um, he never settled in. And I think that, that, is something that Kyle Shanahan deserves criticism on, even though I think that the pass game was working. It did. It did feel like potentially if he would have incorporated more Christian McCaffrey in that run game, that maybe Brock Purdy could have gotten into more of a flow and a rhythm. Because it did feel like he was kind of doing too much all game. Like he never got comfortable. Truly, but um, yeah, that, I, I think that there was an opportunity created where there could have been controversy, but because Sam Ronald sucks. There was no controversy.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I think when you talk about Sam Darnold in that case, I think even if he had scored that touchdown and they got another chance, you probably—I don't think there's a there's a, really an instance where you put Brock Purdy back into that game. It was pretty clear from that point on. Shanahan at nine minutes or whatever it was made a decision. This game is over. He pulled Trent Williams. Williams wanted to go back in, according to Shanahan, at the end of the game. Uh, doctors kind of said probably wait.
2: Why does he? Do you think that that's good or bad? Like, I, I don't know. I don't you don't
1: like that for whose part?
2: I don't. I, that they kind of threw in the towel. With- oh no,
1: I, I think that was absolutely the right move. Uh, you're down twenty-one. The issue, this game does not matter anymore. When yeah. you're down twenty-one, you have two games left. When you're down this much, the other two games are even more important. Especially that's when you consider true. that when you go they, to a tiebreaker, when you go to yeah. a tiebreaker. It's well, first of all, the 49ers are winning most of the tiebreakers. The only team that really has a chance other than the 40 uh, other than the NFC East teams in a different tiebreaker is the Lions. When you go to the Lions, the number one thing in a tiebreaker is conference record. And so the other two games are conference games. But more importantly, you win those two games. You win the NFC, the number one seed. So the most important thing is getting everybody healthy for those two games. That's the way I look at it. No reason to risk anything. Even if Purdy was clear to go, you're not going to put him behind a shoddy offensive line. And because what's the game plan? You got to drop back. The defense knows you got to drop back. So they're going to send pressure. And you're going to have to probably get chunk plays. There's a chance you get sacked. Darnold got sacked in the short portion of the time that he played he faced pressure and got hit down another time you know you don't want to you don't want to risk that with your starting quarterback at this point in the season knowing the implications that kind of come with it that's kind of my thought process behind it and yeah that's kind of the way that I see it
2: no you're right you're 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 definitely way more intelligent like it's no, it's I'm not, way I'm not more sorry. smart I, I don't mean it like that I mean like you're looking like I think maybe sometimes um like tomorrow I might look at things from like a more rational point of view Mm. but I think in the moment I'm like come on just like do everything you can and I'm not thinking okay in the grand scheme of this or grand scheme of things this is an AFC team they still have the opportunity to meet up with this team in the Super Bowl and win then maybe losing now gives them more motivation to try harder when they meet up again and what's going to give them a better opportunity to win is if they get that bye week and what do they need to get that bye week they need to get out of this game with as little injuries as possible they already have major injuries and rest up because the most important things are going to be beating the commanders and then beating the rams someone in the comments i didn't start so i think it's too far back did ask if the rams were scary um i'm gonna ask you that but first i i do want to once again say anyone in the comments if you're seeing any updates about injuries let me know i was just looking on twitter and the only thing that i saw was kind of in agreement with you kyle shanehan at his press conference said that brock purdy's first interception was the only thing he considered a only interception he considered a true big mistake and that the other three were more unfortunate passes batted down um, yeah that, and fourth that one was pretty
1: bad too the one that he threw way in front of the guy
2: Apparently he said he was hit before it. That's
1: he was what- hit as he threw it. Yeah. But you got to throw that a little earlier. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying that's what I guess. And, and obviously he's probably trying to also cover him, cover for him. Right. That's what Kyle Shanahan said. And that's the only thing that I, I was just looking at Lombardi. So I didn't see any major uh, injury updates yet. Now I always say to wait for, cause even if Kyle Shanahan came out right now and was like, Brock Party's fine. Trent Williams is, you know, running on his ankle. What's really going to matter is how it feels tonight for them when the adrenaline has worn off after they get the MRIs and everything. So we're going to get the true injury updates tomorrow. But, yeah, did you – are you worried about facing the Rams now? Good question. And,
1: yeah. And before I say that, I want to say one other thing. I mean, like I said, I'm going to give Shanahan criticism, but I'm not also going to just baby a certain player or a certain, uh, you know, a certain person. The fact of the matter in this game is Brock Purdy played bad. It's just the yeah. fact of the matter. Does this mean he's going to play bad next week? No. Does this mean that, you know, his season is over? No. I don't think that there's it, All it is, is Purdy played bad. He's got a chance to bounce back next week. Next week's a different opportunity. Now going to the Rams game. The Rams have an argument to be the second best team in the uh, NFC right now. I think that there is a legitimate argument that the Rams can have the second best team behind the 49ers in the NFC. And the reason for that is because they might have these, the best quarterback in the NFC at the moment. And I don't think that's an understatement. Um, He might be in the top three. I think Dak Prescott could be in there with the MVP uh, level play that he's kind of having. And then if you look at the rest, I mean, it might be Dak Prescott, uh, Stafford and hurts. And I think that you can have a a true argument that Stafford might be the best of the bunch at the moment. And so for that specific reason, I think the Rams right now are one of the scarier teams in the NFC. Now, are they, do you view them as scary to the 49ers? I'll say yes and no. I, I think, like I said, they right now are probably the top contender to the 49ers. And they're going to likely play the 49ers not only in week 18, but potentially in the playoffs as well. On top of that, when you talk about, um, you know, the rest of the NFC teams, or I guess when you talk about the the, the Rams specifically compared to the rest of the NFC teams, what team has the 49ers beat so many times over the last few weeks or the last few years? It's the Rams. They have, you know, there's a there's a difference when you look at the rosters of why the 49ers match up well against the Rams. Their physicality is good. When you look at the cornerback play for the Rams, it's tough for them to guard against the San Francisco receivers. The Rams do have a you know an improving run game. They have Kyron Williams back. That's an important factor on top of having Stafford. But overall, when you look at the rosters, it's the, the 49ers have a better roster. That's kind of the the one thing that you'll, talk, you'll point to, but the Rams did beat the 49ers in the playoffs to go to the Super Bowl not too long ago, back in 2021. Completely different roster now. But I think if you're talking about contenders to the 49ers, the Rams have a good argument to potentially be number two.
2: I completely agree. I like that you mentioned the physicality. I think that the teams that would scare me the most in the Super Bowl would be teams like the Ravens, the Browns, the Bills, like – even we we've really seen this offense struggle against competition like i think that that's why fans have a hard time feeling feeling scared about going up, up against dallas and maybe why the rams were overlooked going into that nfc championship game is cuz teams that i think fans and maybe media see as more like glitz and glam we kind of expect them to not challenge the 49ers as much. And especially this year, we've really seen the only time this offense gets has been stunted is against these defenses that really win in the trenches. That, you know, that's – I mean, when we think about other games that have given the 49ers problems, yeah. it's when they've dominated in that O-line uh, area, when when our defensive line hasn't been able to dominate as much. Both of those were really big struggles against against the browns and i feel like this was the biggest test and and i was talking about this with either jose or marco going into this game was that in my opinion this team was the most like rounds that we had faced we were going to face except for they also had a um defense that would be able to you know put up points against us and it seemed like um unfortunately the 49ers you know made their mistakes of their own i i know um I it was, it was, um, Ryan Hensley told me that there's something. Let me see what exactly was the number of like once you throw a certain amount of interceptions, it's
1: oh, yeah. Um, if you throw three plus picks, the chance in history that you win is nine percent.
2: Yeah, it's-
1: but talking about the Rams, real quick, one other thing I want to mention, and it's not apples to apples. But if you talk about the team, that kind of game. Stafford
2: them. is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: I think I think prior to this year that wasn't a question. But then with with um, yeah Purdy elevated, but Stafford, left. in
1: my opinion, is the best quarterback in the NFC right now. I I I I firmly believe that. I think I'd take him over Dak, who had been in the MVP conversation. Probably would take him over Hertz, and I think I'd take him over Purdy as well. That's the kind of way that I see it. And again, this is not. Me saying Stafford is the MVP. No, no. But if you're talking about who's playing the best right now, I think you'd be, it'd be hard for you to go anywhere but Stafford. Their one loss, if you're talking about the Rams in the last, I believe, six games, was to the Ravens. But the Rams in that game gave the blueprint of how to beat the Ravens. They lost on a walk off punt return touchdown in overtime. But the Rams in that game ran the ball pretty damn well. Kyron Williams had 115 yards or 114 yards on 25 carries. Stafford was great; he threw for three touchdowns, nearly 300 yards. I mean, they gave you the blueprint on how to potentially beat the uh, beat the Ravens' defense, which had been elite and electric up until that point. I think that that's another you know another way, uh, not an apple to apples comparison. Obviously, the 49ers played a little differently, and it's different games, but they're another team that showed that they can compete with a competitor.
2: I completely agree. I, I, um, I, I, I feel like I, I said this before, but I, I think that the Rams have very like 2021 vibes where they had like a lull, but they've really been able to show McVay has really gotten the best out of his offensive talent and his defensive talent. And they do seem to be playing their best football going into the playoffs. Um, yeah, it's going to be scary. I mean, we really fans and, and media like and, and the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan really wanted to get this win so that that Week 18 game wasn't, um, you know, an all-out game wasn't so important. And now now both of these games are extremely important for the 49ers, especially with all these injuries. Um, a lot of people are talking about the the O-line and saying, you know, we can't really expect the quarterback to shine against such a bad O-line. I agree that the O line was terrible. Brock Purdy also threw three interceptions before Trent Williams got hurt. Is my immediate takeaway? I mean, it was just a total team failure. But my takeaway is that we can criticize the O line without taking away blame from Brock Purdy. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, think so. I don't know if you yeah. agree, but there's a couple. A couple. You know, we have the O line was worse. Um, I hate that everyone is blaming. Brock Purdy with this online. The online is supposed to be five men working as one. They must do um, heavy lifting so the QB and skill guys can shine. Just a lot of um, questions about the online. So I don't know if you have any concerns moving forward with Tremblings potentially out or if you take away blame from Brock Purdy because of the online, which is what some people are kind of talking about. Um,
1: yeah. What was your? Uh, I don't think I'll I'll take away blame from Brock Purdy. I'll just add more to the blame because the offensive line didn't play great. Uh, and again, I think that that's a part of the reason Purdy was rattled, and also a part of the reason Shanahan was rattled at times with his play calling. He didn't trust the offensive line. There was a sc- uh, time where he called three screen passes in a row. You know, the same same kind of screen pass, two uh, two of those uh, motion type of screen passes, and then one where I believe he hit Debo or sorry, he hit McCaffrey for like a short game. And so, you know, I think that there were certain elements of this game where the offensive line did not play well, especially in the fourth quarter. But I don't think you, I think you can't defer blame from one or the other. I think they both are a a part to blame in this. And
2: even behind a bad online, I think Leroy makes a good point saying Christian McCaffrey had 103 yards, seven Point five yards per carry, two touchdowns. I mean, he did well behind a bad <laughs> offensive line. Uh, I do think he should have ran more, been given more of an opportunity to run. Um, it seemed like they started going to him more towards the end of the game. but
1: In the um, second half, in the third quarter, is kind of where yeah. he kind of got kicking off. And again, this is something intriguing, right? This is probably a debate that will go through the week. I don't hate the way the 49ers started because they were moving the ball. I
0: agree throwing the
1: that. ball. And the reason McCaffrey didn't probably get as many carries as you'd normally expect is not only for that script, but also because you're down 21 points. They didn't run the ball to the uh you know to the amount that they usually do overall. They only they threw 46 times, ran 18. And uh, ran 14 really with McCaffrey. Um, You you don't expect that because they're down 21 points as well. So I think that that's another part. You usually probably would see McCaffrey, if this wasn't a blowout, probably see him in the 20s, probably in the 21, 20 range. And nobody's complaining then, even with the way the beginning of this game started. And so I I think that there, you know, I think there's arguments to both sides of the debate there.
2: I completely agree. I just wanted to talk, um, Rick Diaz hopefully that's how he says his name, off the ledge. He's saying this is a disgusting game. I will never forget the season was over. Back to the drawing board for 2024. Um, I don't, I will say, as kind of doom and gloom as we're being, just because it was a really kind of humiliating game towards the lap. I want to say the second half. Once again, the, fir- the first half, I really had that, like, like if we would have done a post-game reaction after the first half, I would have been like, I'm really proud of the defense. The skill position players have done really well. Um, Maybe Kyle Shanahan should have called a few more runs, but I'm not even that mad at him. To me, I would have came and been like, Brock Purdy lost his mind and felt uncomfortable, but we've seen him bounce back. And you know this was just a bad game. The only reason that now I'm like, this is more of a complete team failure is because of that second half. I really feel like this team will bounce back. And I don't – I'm going to ask you, instead of saying – because not only is the season not over, I think that they can still get that first seed. I I would still have a lot of confidence in in them winning their next two games. Um, But instead of talking about that, because that's not the goal for the 49ers. That's not their ultimate goal. Their ultimate goal is winning the Super Bowl. Did this game change your opinion on their ability to win a Super Bowl?
1: No, because my initial thought was that they weren't going to win one. I think my opinion cha- is. <laughs> okay. the same.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: I think right. my opinion. Yeah, no, I think my guys, opinion. No, is
2: same. Be-
1: <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, uh, let me say this, though. Do I think that this changes my outlook on their season? No. Uh, like we said at the beginning of the show, they are the top team in the NFC still. Um, I, I don't think the NFC is that strong. I think that they were a little overrated coming into the year. They're the top team right now in the NFC. What does the top team usually in the NFC end up doing? They end up making the Super Bowl. They make the Super Bowl. I mean, all of these comments are going to just flip. Especially, I mean, I think if they win next weekend, most of these comments are going to flip. But my uh, my personal belief since the beginning of the season is that I don't think they'll win a Super Bowl in twenty twenty three. That's just been my belief. I've shared Why? my reasoning. See, I feel like I've I feel
2: like I've been like this is the year to do it. The the NFL uh, and General is down. It was
1: the the reason that I gave is the reason that I kind of gave at the at the top of the show. There have been a couple of reasons for me as to why I don't believe they win this year. The number one thing is I haven't seen their ability to close out these important clutch games. And I don't think that it's a problem in the clutch. I just think that we haven't seen them perform when they're Backs are against the wall, pretty much. That's the way that I kind of look at it. When you look at the games where their backs have been against the wall this year, they've lost. They they yeah, haven't pulled them through. Especially when you look lost. at the six game lo- or six game winning streak, their backs haven't been against the wall once. I mean, you you might talk about maybe they're down or it's a four point game or something at halftime. That's not what I consider. When you're down, you know, ten points. When you're down, something like that. What is your response? How can you do? And even if you lose, what's the response? This week, they didn't have that response. The last few losses, they didn't have that response. And I've kind of sensed that from the beginning of the season. That's why I said prior to the year, I don't think this team is going to win the Super Bowl this year. Now, my where I'll say I've changed is my thoughts on the rest of the NFC have changed. My standards for them have lowered. I, I do think that there are certain teams that I think my standards have lowered for, like the Eagles. but. I, I don't think that they'll win the NFC this, or sorry, the Super Bowl this year. They could make it uh, again. When I say this, I don't mean no. They're not even making the playoffs. They're not gonna. They're not gonna go past the first yeah. round of the playoffs. I, I mean that they, they, they are very likely to make an NFC Championship appearance. They might even make the Super Bowl. I just don't expect them to win it. That's kind of my thoughts.
2: I, I have to agree. I um, saw uh, Akash said that. You know, said. I, reiterating, basically, I think I think most fans and 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 people in that, analyzing the 49ers this season um, kind of agree, and they have that same conclusion. My biggest concern, aside from injuries, with the 49ers headed into the playoffs is how does this team respond to close back and forth, up and down type games where there's pressure, pa- where it's a pressure-packed playoff environment or a Super Bowl environment. Especially Purdy, how does he react during these games? They've had opportunities to, you know, uh, show themselves in these games, and in every single one, they've lost. It's not like it's been some they've lost, some they've come back from. And when we think about Super Bowl champions, when I think about the reason for me as a, as a 49ers uh, fan, the reason, even though they just lost to the Raiders, the reason that the I hope that that was correct the raiders right the reason that the chiefs still scare me is because we've seen that quarterback and that coach be in the most tumultuous tumultuous games and came back we've literally seen them be down by 10 in the fourth quarter of a super bowl and come back and win and unfortunately even in this game, which is a regular season game against the AFC, which technically has really no um, effect on the 49ers um, schedule seating in the playoffs or any real pressure aside from just like wanting to cement yourself as a top dog in the NFL, like just um, to, to fans, just to prove to yourself that you're on their level. But there's no actual real pressure in this game. And I looked at the 49ers being down and said, There's teams in the NFL that could overcome this and I've never seen the 49ers do it and I've hoped that they can do it but I have no proof that they can and I and because there's no physical proof it's hard for me to trust that they can I can I can be a fan in the way that I get excited and you know I'm kind of hanging on every throw and I want them to show me that they can do that, but I have no like actual tangible evidence that they can. And this was once again an opportunity for them to do it. Even if they didn't come back and win, they could have came back and made this like within one possession. They could have, you know, they could have shown, like I said, I think there was about six or seven minutes left. And they could have been higher tempo trying to work down the field. And instead they kind of accepted defeat. And it just feels like they could have an entire fourth quarter if they're down by two touchdowns, it feels like the team just kind of gives up. I will say, I want to give some shout outs. I think Christian McCaffrey, I thought Devo Samuel. I I want to shout out Devo Samuel because I really got on him last year in the beginning of this year. He's my favorite player. And I've been so excited with the tenacity that he's been playing with. And I felt like he kept that till the very end of this game, even when it felt like Kyle Shanahan had already checked out. I felt like Devo and Brock... Debo and Christian McCaffrey, both of those players kept high intensity until the very end of the game, which I was proud of just uh, just to highlight two players. That was kind of a tangent. Yeah, I,
1: I, I think I understand your point. And I, I know what you mean about checking out in this portion. To me, the checking out isn't the reason that I have doubts. It's more so when okay. you look at their response in the third quarter. I don't care what they. I think that I, I don't really care what they did in the fourth quarter. This game was over at the end of the third quarter when you're down three touchdowns, and then your your star left tackle goes out. But it, it, sorry, but in the third quarter when you go down when you're at sixteen to twelve, you get the ball first and you end up losing that quarter seventeen to zero. That's a problem. There there needs to be a much better response when your back is against the wall to not only, you know, play good offense, but play good defense. I thought the defense, they, they seemed pretty worn out at the end of the first half with the way that they played because they came out tired. I mean, in, in the second half, what happened on those fir- uh, in that first drive? Um, what do you call it? First of all, Mitch Wisnowski with that penalty ends up leaving Baltimore there at their 41-
2: talking him up he got so in his head everyone was hyping him up all week because he made that freaking run and he got he got in his head
1: yeah i mean oh well but he that that penalty gives baltimore the chance to score from the 44 yard line baltimore what do they do one play they got a 39 yard you know a 39 yard pass and then it's the algalore touchdown where jason verrett was in coverage i mean just like that because of a couple of mistakes one, the offense goes three and out to begin, uh to begin the half. You try to run on first down, didn't work. Then on second down, you know, you throw a short pass, third down, it's to Willie Sneed. Um, you know, and you throw an incompletion there, you end up punting, then just like that I like the-
2: that you said that like that was <laughs> sorry that was just funny you're like third down willie sneed so obviously that was ridiculous the
1: reason that i bring that up though is because in this specific game that was the ball where it was a near interception type of play where it's it's like a bobbled pass up in the air third down you're going to willie sneed in this game who are you not going to you're not going to Jawan jennings there's a big difference in someone the body size
2: someone ate on twitter oh, no.
1: is- what happened
2: Like, legitimately three, four, maybe four games ago, Jawan Jennings, for like two games in a row, did nothing except for commit penalties, and so then I stupidly tweeted, and I was like, why is he, what does he do here? And then literally immediately after I tweeted that, he made like an excellent third down conversion, and then every game since then, there's been this one guy who must be like Jawan Jennings' dad or something, because every time Jawan Jennings does something good now, he just... Well, they should
1: have probably tweeted at you again today (laughs) because (laughs) the (laughs) thing is when you talk about a guy like Juwan Jennings, the way that the rest of the offense works is you allow yourself to go through a regular progression on third down knowing that you have a safe check down option uh, in Jawan Jennings. Willie Sneed is not that option, but the point of the matter is the game flips right there. You have a terrible first drive offensively where you can't get much moving. Then you commit penalties, two of them. McNichols had a false start, and then the Mitch Woschnowski penalty at the end of uh, that punt return. That gives Baltimore the ball, up four at your forty-four yard line. Defense looks tired. They score a touchdown in three plays, just like that. It's twenty-three to twelve. What do you do on the next? Literally the next play, Brock Purdy, poor pass. He throws it an interception to Patrick Queen. It's already, it it just turns from, from in literally like a matter of 20 seconds, it goes from 16 to 12 to 33 to 12. At that point, you know, at that point it's, it's kind of game over and I don't want to say game game over or it's 30 to 12, but I don't want to say game game over because it's 12 minutes left in the third quarter. But just like that, when you talk about your backs against the wall, how are you going to respond? The 49ers gave up 14 points in a matter of a minute, in the matter of the first like three minutes of the, of the half, and they had every opportunity to come back and potentially put their mark on this game. That's the portion that I'm talking about. Um, in the fourth quarter, again, I don't really mind the way that they did it, just because you've got a left tackle injured, you do not want to end with any more injuries. They ended with a good amount more. They ended with Aaron Banks injured. They ended with Brock Purdy. I mean, it's a stinger, but they still, no, you know, you don't want that. On,
2: on that, by the way,
1: on Aaron Banks, you are you saying?
2: Just on on any of the injuries, I'm, I'm just going to look really quick one last time.
1: Um, from what I'm seeing, oh, let's see. One intriguing injury though. Uh like Ambry Thomas.
2: Every offensive lineman is injured right now.
1: But one intriguing injury, Ambry Thomas, he has a hamstring injury. That's why uh that that's I, why so Jason Verrett was in.
2: Okay. Yeah. That that makes me happy to know because I thought that they just like because Ambry Thomas was doing good all game and then he gave up like one bad pass. And I didn't normally like Matt Barrows is usually really on like uh tweeting about injuries during the game. And he didn't update anything about Andrew Ambry Thomas. And then all of a sudden I thought I saw Varette was in. And I was like, yeah. did they take Ambry Thomas out after one bad play? I've been, like, impressed with him. So that makes sense. It was an injury. That sucks.
1: As for Aaron Banks, he had a toe injury. That's um, the issue with Banks. He's kind of been dealing with turf toe for yeah, a good yeah. portion of the season. So that's the reason that he was kind of pulled at the end. But that's kind of my little spiel as to where I think the 49ers went wrong and why ultimately I've kind of maintained my stance throughout the year. I don't think it was more so to do with the fourth quarter when them waving the white towel. I was fine with that. It's just their response in the third quarter that I thought changed the outlook of this game.
2: That makes sense. Um, really quickly, Alan says, lesson learned still the number one seed in the NFL. I think that that's like, if, if we do want to go off on more of a, you know, go out on more of a positive note, 49ers still have the opportunity to solidify that number one seed moving forward. And I don't know if you agree with this, but I did see some some people kind of talking about it. So some people prefer to kind of get hit in the mouth before going to the playoffs. Um, get get some bruises, get some teach tape. Um, on, I always think that I I don't necessarily think you need to lose a game to do that. I think Kyle Shanahan and a lot of players and coaches have have said, you know, we can learn a lot from wins too. Like just because you win the game doesn't mean you're flawless. But I I wonder, you know, um, Closing out this this live, do you think that, you know, if you were going to lose, maybe now is a good time to lose compared to, like I said, the next two games are going to be teams in the NFC um, and then going into the playoffs, obviously. You know, can't
1: You'd much rather lose in the regular season than in the playoffs. That's going to be my stance. <laughs> That's why I think, I mean, a lot of people, the way that they'll look at it, again, this is you're trying to spin a loss right you're, you're you're trying to spin a loss into something positive you got hit in the mouth the good thing is you got weeks to recover about hitting uh, when you get hit in the mouth and then you you're you come out tougher usually so that's the way that you look at it i'm not going to not going to say this is a good thing it's never a good thing when you lose right but um you know uh, you, you definitely prefer you lose now than in the playoffs so if you're going to lose this was going to be the game that you were going to lose so the hope is the hope isn't, you know, that you got hit in the knot. The hope is how do you recover from it? 49ers show that they, you know, they they didn't lose a beat and they play the commanders next week. And then more specifically the Rams in week 18 when they try and close out the one seed. That's going to be the most important portion of it. And again, they, they look tired. The hope was you win this game. You potentially could rest a little bit in week 18. Right now, that doesn't seem to be the case. I don't anticipate the Eagles losing this past, uh, this upcoming week. Uh, I forget exactly. I think they play uh Ooh, I, I forget exactly who it is. It might be the Cardinals or, or uh, it might be the Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals right. I believe they played, Cardinals.
2: They had to play the giants and the yeah.
1: Cardinals. Yeah. So I don't anticipate them losing, which means week 18 is going to matter. You still can win out. Like this comment says, you're probably still very much favored to get the one seat, but you know, this was a hit in the mouth. The point is, how are you going to recover?
2: I completely agree. Wait, are we tied with Detroit now? I, I don't think that that's true. I think that we have um the we have like more wins in the, in the conference
1: than them. We're we're technically tied record wise because uh what do you call it? We're eleven and four. Detroit's eleven and four, but it's going to be kind of hard for Detroit to get the one seed because we are. This isn't a conference yeah. game. We're still nine and one in the conference. Yeah. Detroit that's has cool. three conference losses. They lost to the Packers recently. That kind of put a huge dent. In their one seed hopes, not the Packers, So They lost to the Packers and the Bears recently. Those two put a huge dent in their one-seed hopes because they have three conference losses. The only way Detroit can get the one seed is if they win out and if the 49ers lose out. And I think there's got to be a little bit like one of the NFC East teams also has to lose out or something. Detroit's chances are kind of slim because of their conference record. But it really is in the
2: 40 is as far as I'm correct me if i'm wrong but i think that the 49ers it's it's really in their hands if they win out they can they solidify that number one seed right they have
1: to win um out, you're if saying win out, if, they win out, if they win out they get the one seed is that what you're asking yeah yeah yeah, yeah. If they win out they get the one seed so
2: the, pressure, the pressure's on them i mean they i i
1: yeah I, no I, it definitely it. is because if if they lose it's very likely Philly climbs up and Philly gets the one seed because I don't envision them, even after this game today, I don't envision them losing to New York or Arizona. So it, the pressure is on them. They've got to win the next two games. If they don't win the next two games, it's likely they're out of the one seed. But you're still favored to win the next two games. We'll see. The number one, I think I'm not going to overlook an opponent, but main game is that Rams game. How are you going to match up against the Rams right before the playoffs?
2: Yes. 49ers control their own destiny. Um, ESG, we did do a whole segment on the Rams, but we agreed that they are definitely um, you know, shooting, shooting up and they're playing their best football right now. Uh, Rohan even talked about thinking Stafford was the best quarterback in the NFC right now. So definitely going to be a scary game, but they do control their own destiny. I'm going to be disappointed if they lose either of these next two games. I... I know that the Rams are feisty right now, but talent-wise, I just see no excuse for the 49ers to lose to the Commanders or to the Rams. Um, They really need to. I I know they're tired. I know that they're they're slow right now, but they really need to um, close out these next two games, get that first bye week rest. They they definitely need it. They need to heal up. They're not tackling as well, so even the guys who aren't injured enough to be taken out of the game definitely are going to benefit from that rest. We already saw that in the by week that they had during the season but i'm gonna um there's a lot of comments but i'm gonna i'm gonna wind this down let rohan get back to the the last of his christmas celebration celebrations like all you guys get um the rest of your christmas christmas celebrations please make sure to like and subscribe to my youtube channel make sure to like and subscribe to rohan's youtube channel follow him on twitter i'm sure he's going to be putting some art- articles out about this game, um, I'm going to be going live with um, I think Jose Sanchez tomorrow, and then Steph later on in the week. Um, also, I'll be on Eric Crocker's channel. I'm sure that I, I know that Rohan said him and Ryan Hensley are going to have a feisty show coming up. So make sure to like and subscribe to both of our YouTube channels. Turn those post game or. Turn those notifications on because we're gonna have live streams throughout the week. But definitely tune back in to this channel tomorrow. Thank you guys so much. I hope you have a good Christmas. Don't let this ruin your guys' Christmas. You know what I mean? I, I think I I know that, that it can be easy to do, but you know, have fun with your family. It was a fun game for a little bit, a little bit of a disappointing loss, but like that, um, like JT said, the 49ers really control their own destiny and hopefully. To me, as long as Brock Purdy can bounce back, if Brock Purdy wouldn't have done bad in this game, I think they could have won this game. So that is an optimistic way to spin this, is even with all the the um, problems that went on on defense with, with some of the offensive players, with Kyle Shannon's game plan, if Brock Purdy just throws two less interceptions, I think they could have won. One less interception, maybe. You know, they were – he threw three interceptions, and they were in that game. So um, – it's really going to be all about him kind of uh, settling down and hopefully him and Kyle Shanahan have that chemistry and they can work back up and uh, against the commanders will be a good get back game before they face the Rams, which a lot of people have rightfully pointed out is going to be a little bit more of a challenge.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: Perfect. All right. Well, Merry Christmas guys. Thank you so much.